Welcome to this episode of the 9420 podcast, where we talk about the music that we love and the industry that we tolerate. I'm sorry if I went and disappointed you. It's something that you might have to get used to. Oh. Welcome to this episode of the 9420 podcast. That single was Feel by Carolina. Hi, Carl and Greg. How are you guys doing tonight? Hello. Good morning, um, <laughs> Mrs. Hoagland and, and Master Riggle. He's My already fourth. breaking the, uh, what do they call it? Breaking the whatever. The fourth wall or well, something. Yeah, yeah. He's this is breaking that, this is that. that TV. <laughs> Well, There's only one wall in radio in like a podcast. Not- <laughs> well, why don't we talk a little bit about Carolina's music? Because she has been she has been one that we have been wanting to feature on the podcast for a while since we found her. Yeah, I you know I just think uh, I've done a little research. Uh, I just really really like uh, her approach. Uh, I don't know who's producing these things, but I think the production is on point. 
I think she has a warm vocal that is kind of discernible from a lot of other vocals out there, particularly uh, from a singer-songwriter approach. What I like about what I hear is that I think she's at, she's got a level of sophistication that you don't hear a lot from uh, other like kind of would-be pop stars. Uh, and, uh, I think, uh, I think her career is really interesting. So big shout out to her. I think that these tracks are enjoyable. And she's, uh, she's weird. Nicole, she's in Miami. Is that where she's from? She I is think in, she's Miami. in Miami. Yeah. I think she's in Miami. And, um, you know, that's, uh, always been a traditionally, uh, really, um, competitive and fertile, uh, music community. So, if she's surviving there and doing this quality of work, I think that it'll uh, put her in good stead for 2021. I enjoyed the tracks. There you go. And that's right from Greg Riggle's mouth. There you mouth. go. There's the review, baby. <laughs> uh, and just like you said, Carl, 2021, it is January 3rd when we're recording this. So we're already three days into what is a new year for everyone. Is that what happens? Like every... um. Every like 365 or so days, there's a whole new year. Yeah, apparently, Carl. It's so ridiculous in reality. It's like I was just talking to, um, talking about like, you know, these ridiculous man-made borders and calendars. Like really, what really does it mean? Like, you know what I do? It's kind of like a similar thing. When I drive down to, to Nashville all the time, I kind of go, I, I can go one of two ways, but usually like, I take the coast. I think it's 81, whatever one. I take it down to, and I make a right at- um. 40. What's the, what is it? Knoxville. Yeah. And then, and then I head towards Nashville, right? Go West. And about, about an hour in from there, I cross the line where it becomes central time. Right. And then my, literally my iPhone within like about a second of that changes an hour, you know, earlier, you know? Yeah. So one day I swear to God, I did this. I stopped and I pulled over and I, and I was running back and forth up on the side of the road and watching my phone go back and forth and see where it changed. Like, there was there a spot that actually changed? It's kind of like, and it's stupid. It's always stupid, these man-made things that we've set up. Like, like so if I live on, so if I'm right here and I walk across the thing, you know, and then it's an hour later, like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, yeah, does it yeah. mean anything? Yeah, I've I've recently um, read uh, read a bunch of stuff on consciousness, and that that those are the points they make when you people are talking about how it's like you know you may be conscious of the present uh, currently, but if you're thinking about a satellite that's traveling around the Earth at however many hundreds of miles per hour, you know that reality and your reality are different because of the difference in time continuum continuum and whatnot what are you talking about (laughs) (laughs) what is that the thing i said talking about the the time continuum and and, and einstein was sitting in a rowboat in vienna one day and he realized that the further you go out in space time slows down (sighs) time slows down Oh, oh, that was a nice one. Uh, see, so, uh, he's been waiting to pull that out. I'm trying to anyway. do the Doppler effect. Does it work? If I go, I don't know. Is that working? Oh, I don't know. I think most are, aren't most podcasts rendered in mono. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so then, 
So then a, a sad thing, you know, Jerry from Jerry and the Pacemakers died today. Yeah. And Mary Krista, the, <laughs> Mary Krista Fursey. Mersey. No, Fursey, Ferry Krista Mersey. You know, I, I remember I, about, I, about 10 years ago, I went with my friend. I, I went on my Liverpool sojourn, like every musician should go there. And I, I, I saw the Mersey and it's kind of a, it's no different than like the East River. It's just like another river. But um, I, a funny story about them, and you know about basically when the Beatles first got signed, George Martin didn't think they had any good songs of their own. So one of the songs they were they were given, How Do You Do It? How yeah. uh, do, you yeah, know? Do, do and and Lennon didn't want to do it. Lennon said, no, we're going to do our own stuff or nothing, nothing at all. So then basically they gave it to Jerry and the Pacemakers. Yeah. And that was their first tune. How do you do it? And that was their first hit. They did "Fairy Cross the Mersey," and they and they were like you know, neck and neck with the Beatles back in early in the early early days. They were they were part of that whole. Liverpool he was a, he was an amazing Mersey singer. He was a really great singer, and um, you know that whole Mersey beat thing is is really fun to listen to. Really cool. The problem was his haircut. You didn't have a cool haircut. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I know um, their song "You'll Never Walk Alone." That's like the anthem to the Liverpool soccer team. So, like, mm-hmm. not only did mm-hmm. his death impact the music industry, but like the fans of the Liverpool were they very proud to hear to uh, uh, hear of his passing, just because like they sing it every single home game. I think I, I'm. I'm wondering. I think that's from Carousel. I mean, it, it is. It's, it's a very old, old school. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, a lot of those bands recut old, like you know, fifties and forties standards, like, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I think they're cool records. I mean, I, I, I love those old. Um, yeah, they're all twangy. You know, they're all like uh, Jerry and the get that twang stuff. So resolutions. Now, what are we doing? So, like, what is that even? Does anyone do that? I never, well, I, I never really make them. <laughs> this is the first year I did not make one in a very long time. How what's your track record on um, keeping uh, your resolutions? So I think of resolutions more as like a guide as opposed to I must accomplish these things because I feel like the whole resolutions and I I will do this and I must do that is so rigid that it almost creates resentment towards the end of the year if you haven't gotten it done or resentment during it if like you're not accomplishing what's going on. Uh, So during the course of the year when I have in the past made resolutions, it was like, okay, well, I want to go speak at a conference or me and my husband want to find our dream house or things along the lines that like were like goals that we wanted to accomplish that year. But if they didn't happen, it wasn't like, oh, I didn't lose the 12 pounds I said I was going to, or, ooh, I, did, I didn't eat a kale salad every day or something like that. But this year, it's just, there's a lot. You know, the thing to do is to just to make doable resolutions. Like, you know, right, here I go. Like, I'm going to make one right now. I'm going to try to eat at least 15 chocolate chip cookies by the 6th. <laughs> I will have eaten 15 chocolate chip cookies by the 6th. Hey, sixth. that's a good resolution. That's, yeah, that's kind of a... That's very uh, accomplishable. Yeah, but I, mean, I don't know. But my, yeah. my whole thing with resolutions is, like, they're good to have as guidance, but like, they're not so you can't hyper focus on them. That like, if you don't accomplish them, like, you failed at something. Like, there are some things that I've written down that never have been accomplished, but it's because life moved on and it went in a different direction, and there's no reason to get frustrated over that. Yeah, but I, I think the ones that people make that are that kind of rely upon willpower. I think they go out the window pretty quickly, and then I think it serves to makes you anxious. <laughs> Willpower? I never met him. 
like the gym resolutions, like, oh, I'm going to go to the gym every single day. And they get up for like the first two weeks of January and they do it. And then by the end of, you know, February, half of the gym memberships are gone. I'll eat my cookies at the gym. (laughs) There you go. Well, my experience has been that over almost 30 years of kind of dealing with cognitive issues that willpower really doesn't work. I can't will myself to do much, actually. Um, so I've decided not to make any resolutions. Did you play a lot on New Year's Eve? I never did. That's the whole thing. Cause I always did original bands and nobody wanted the original bands on New Year's Eve. Yeah. They want like 1999 and that, that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I grew, growing up in Long Island, you know, I grew up in the day when everyone wanted the, uh, the cover bands and the tribute bands and stuff. And I too early on to my, you know, detriment or, or, or not. But I always said, you know, there's no money in playing Zeppelin when you're 50. So let's, let's start writing songs. So I wanted to write songs. So I started writing songs. Unless you're Zeppelin. <laughs> and, and nobody wanted, to, and nobody wanted to, um, you know, really hear you, hear you, you know, until then went to the city. So that, you know, it was always hard for original acts to really play, you know? So I guess this is the first year in many years that, um, these bands and I enjoy some of them. I mean, I have friends that are in cover bands that I love what they're doing, you know, and every once in a while they'll come up with some really super cool cover that everybody remembers from back in the day. And, um, thank you. And, I like, I like going, I like going out and, and seeing them, you know, but I guess this year for the first time in many years, they don't have that big, you know, triple scale, New Year's Eve party or concert or performance, uh, or they didn't have. What we used to do, I do remember though, sometimes to get around that, we would play like, um, you know, um, the first set we keep it like to the Bowie, the Beatle, everyone knows the stuff, that, you know, Zeppelin, you know, all that kind of nonsense. And then the second set, so we start saying, and here, here's an obscure song off of um, like uh, Jethro Tull's fourth album. There you go. And we played one of our own songs. <laughs> we, just, we just lie. Go, yeah. Here's a rare one off of Journey's, uh, you know, un- unreleased, you know, uh, bootleg. <laughs> we just right. start playing songs. I know. I, I mean, I know guys that uh, there was a, a group here in town over the last several years have made uh, really. Uh, had a really big cult following because they were doing just that. They were actually a cover band, but they were doing like real deep album cuts. You know, they were all kind of seventies guitar rock oriented. Uh, but it was, it was a lot of fun to hear, you know, deep cuts off of, uh, like 10 Lizzie and, I'll tell you, this New Year's Day was the least annoying one for me because usually I found New Year's Day always to be kind of barren and cold in a weird way. Never loved New Year's Day for some reason. And for some reason this year, it didn't feel like anything different. It was just it was just like Friday. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's bizarre. So I don't know. Either I'm getting older or maybe because what's transpired. Have we talked about – um? What happened in Nashville? I don't think we've done a podcast since that Nashville bombing. No, that's no, uh, it was uh, very unfortunate. Um, it was uh, right by Hooters, right, right by BB King's that mm-hmm. street, right? Yeah, yeah. It was it was on down the second. street from there. Yeah. yeah, right, right around the corner from Princess Alley, right? Because I lived on Fifth Street when I was down there. Yeah, back when I so I was only a couple blocks away from that. It's sad because um, you know while it might 
some people might want it to have some political or conspiratorial implications. The fact is, it's it looks like a a suicide. And it's a nut. Uh, Why does he just go and you know shoot himself in the head and go lay in a hole? Well, because he that- may have had these leanings or these beliefs that um, you know that that supported some of these conspiracy I know, theories. Man, you know, so. I don't know what's wrong with the world. You know, I'm going to say something no one's going to like. I think we should just pull the plug on the internet. Just pull the plug. Stop streaming. Stop it all. Go back to, you know, manufacture. I think, I don't know. <laughs> Go back to uh, people owning content again. Yeah, but, you know, buying your car. Yeah. You know, you know what? Even forget, you know. Go back even further. You want to go back? Make America great again? No more credit cards. You got to work a job, get paid, and you buy with cash or lay away, and that's it. Mm. And none of this debt, that's it. None of it. None no, of it. No, that was, uh, I mean, you're, what, you're, what you're talking about is let's go back to scarcity. Mm-hmm. Because scarcity, things that are scarce, they actually, you can build value in them. You know, and I'll, I actually value that album that I buy or that new release because I know that I can only get it a certain number of places, typically going down to the local brick and mortar record store and purchasing it and taking it home and listening to it. But, you know, scarcity in music uh, went away uh, when people were able to record multiple copies and actually have their choice of the music they listened to way back in the day of, you know, <laughs> super tuners and, you know, our, our car stereos, you know, when we all started making mixtapes in the seventies, you know, it's like, so basically, basically it all started with cassettes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> cassettes started the, it was the beginning of the end. So much. So it, it freaked out the industry so much that they actually, they created a royalty based on, you know, you had to pay a royalty to buy a blank tape because they knew where it was headed. Was that Very why? D- is that why DJs would talk on the intro and the outro of songs, so you couldn't record them in like in their entirety? They'd always be kind of ruined. No, I don't think that was done on purpose. I think people talk in and out of songs because it's a more seamless listening experience, and that's and people tended to uh, respond favorably to it until, you know, FM radio, until album-oriented rock uh, on on the FM dial started happening. And then people were, you know, they didn't want DJs talking over the, over the music. That, that was supposed to be a more pure listening experience. But I'll tell you, I'm all over the road. I'm all over the, the, the map tonight. But I don't know if we took, brought this up either because it's been a while since we spoke. We took a bit of a break. But anyone out there listening, you know, I, I just want someone to, if they get a chance, I was watching a movie, right? And in the movie, this person said to this girl, this really cool line. And I'm going, wow, it's a great line. And she goes, where's that from? And she goes, was that like, you know, you know, Dylan Thomas or, or someone like that? Or she goes, no, that was Springsteen. Really? So I want everyone to go out right now and listen, read the words of Thunder Road. I mean, I, I think I agree with you 100%. I mean, it, it's why he became who he is. And then you read that I read the words to this Thunder Road. It's like this amazing story. It's like this, it's incredible. So Springsteen is like not Springsteen f- for, for nothing. You know, you read yeah, this, I you totally read Thunder Road. Because you know, getting back to like 
the McCartney album and and even like Lennon lyrics. Lennon was different, in, but but this guy is almost like um, poetic. He's like yeah, it's po it's poetry. It really you know is. you know where Lennon was more like matter of fact and said cool thoughts and cool concepts. But this guy, I could see why country people respect Springsteen mm. because he's of their ilk, but in such a deep poetic way, and he's a. Uh, I have newfound respect for him. Then I saw him on Broadway. I saw that show on Broadway he did. Mm-hmm. I was lucky enough to get tickets. And he was great. I think he's a poet. I, I, absolutely. The heart of a poet anyway, right? You want to play another song? Yeah, let's play another song by Carolina. Which track are you going to play, Carl? I'm going to play Well Seasons. She's um, uh, One of the things I like about her is that her lyric, um, I, I think it's poetic too. So check this out and see see if you like it. Thank you. 
I love the vibe of that track. Yeah, you're big, right, Greg. Big, she's big she's got something cool going on. Big vibe. I, I love the production on that track, actually. I, I like the what they're doing with the strings. And um, I, I read a little bit that um, one of her kind of, uh, one of her approaches is that she's she's very open. I think she knows who she is as an artist. And I think that she's got uh, a sound. I think her vocal has a particular sound. But she's very open to working with many producers, many writers. She's open to collaboration. You know, that's one of the things that we talked about early on in Music Careers Reimagined, you know, the, the and, company. And Nicole, she's young, right? Yeah, she's young. She's in her early 20s, probably. She talks about, you know, how how open she is for collaboration. And I think she's, uh, when you have confidence as an artist, and as a writer, when you're open like that and you're kind of moving in and out of a lot of different genres, but you you have confidence in your sound and what you do, that's a that can be a recipe for a lot of success. So I wish her luck. I think I think she's cool. Yeah, but I see I don't believe in confidence. <laughs> We've talked about this before. Yeah. Uh, you know, Carl. I think you know what motivates artists? insecurity really you 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 show me someone confident and i'll show you a lousy artist you 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 show me someone deeply insecure like tragically like insecure that's where my money's gonna go no people shouldn't be doing any type of promotion anymore right i'm I'm creating this new course (laughs) the new (laughs) no promotion no i hate no promo no no promo. promo And if you're confident, get out of here. No, I, I think that uh, I think that you you're just trying to be facetious and 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 funny. But uh, you're right. The fact of the matter is that all the big stars have an amazing amount of confidence. You know what? Maybe that's not the word. I don't like the word confidence. What should it be me, then? I don't know. To me, confidence is like as long as it's not cocky. I don't like cocky so and you, arrogant. You don't like ego. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, ego. Someone who's secure in who they are and what they're doing, and and that if that's what you mean by confidence, then yes. But if you're arrogant and cocky and think who you are and all ego, I hate that. That's useless mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, I, I think that um, you know if you're trying to fake it, you know that's probably contrary to a lot of things that that we need from our artists. I think we need a certain amount of self-awareness. I think we need a certain amount of vision. Self-doubt. Self-doubt, I think, is a is, is a wonderful trait to have as an artist, I think. Well, I think self-doubt coupled with the ability to get past a failure if it happens. Because I think that's something where you can have self-doubt, but it could stop you in your tracks from actually continuing or you can have self-doubt and have the awareness that failure is going to happen, but know that you can get over it and still get to it's the next point you in say your that. career. This morning I was just happening to watching the, the the Sunday morning show with, um, I forget her name, but anyway, they were talking about some Sumner Redstone, the head of Viacom, like he died right. in 97, a major billionaire. Mm-hmm. And he started out, you know, he really self-made. And they had him in, in his 90s, he was talking, he says, listen, Success is not built on success. 
Success is built on failure. Right. He goes, he goes, and that's what he goes. And the reason why I'm here now is because I failed so much. It's ri- ridiculous, he said, you know, mm-hmm. but it's what you do with the failure that makes you successful. So don't think that, you know, and that's one thing that's hard to, you know, a lot of people kind of fold, you know, with mm-hmm. failure, you know, that's when true. they have failure, you know? It's true. And uh, so I don't know. What am I talking about? Am I talking about anything? <laughs> Who knows? Hold on. You know what? Me and my new sound. Carl, you talking about anything? <laughs> so that sounds like when we tell my daughter to turn up the sweetness and she goes, whoop. Right, there you go. <laughs> I don't know. So people, you know, we're we're doing these podcasts. We want you to for one, I want you to comment. Comment you know, write, and a, write a comment. Mm-hmm. You know, Did anyone speak on uh, on uh, our little question of the week this week? No, not this even week. say something negative. <laughs> I don't care. Curse at us, berate us, tell us but we're me, terrible and that this is a yeah. failure of a podcast. There oh, we did go. get a love. We did get a lovely interview last week or a uh, uh, review last week, right? We did. Mm-hmm. Regardless, but I want more. We're, I want you. We're know, actually. Good. The three of us are trying to decide which one of us actually created the review and uh, is not telling the other co-hosts, right? Well, I hope that's not the case. I, I didn't do it. I didn't, I didn't do, do it. It, it, was, it was more. Too well, too well written for me. You know how I write. <laughs> so I don't know. So um, I wanted to uh, bring up a point before we get done here uh, on this on this episode that I have a little bit of a rant, and that is that. Take a little time and think back. However you track your time, you started talking about time at the beginning of the episode. However you track your time, go back and look over the last 12 months. Don't just roll with the narrative that 2020 was an awful year. Try to discover for yourself some of the positive things that occurred. I was looking through, very random, but I was looking through pictures that I had uploaded or taken, you know, basically put onto the pad throughout the whole year. You did get a new pad. I did get a new pad, which is probably another episode entirely. (laughs) But I was looking through and I was thinking, okay, well, there's a shot I took out on the river during the uh, fly fishing experience that that I do with um, the rehab facility. And so, and I reinstated that program this year. That was a super positive thing that happened to me. Hell, we started 9420 in 2020. So, you know, I've had actually a lot of positive things happen over the last 12 months. So I just wanted to rant a little bit to say that everybody should go back and look and see the good stuff that happened over the last year. And I bet you'll find a few things that you're grateful for. That's my rant. You, you want to know rant. why? Because hindsight is now 2020. Just full of jokes. All I know is, in reality, nothing good ever happens. <laughs> well, so, and I, I Carl, guess- are you confident of that? Or you know, I, <laughs> I, no, in, you're in not. All you- arrogance, arrogantly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, Don't be confident now. I guess my takeaway is I, I feel as if the vibe lately is that people think that like for some reason 2021 is going to be like this magic like stroke of a wand where it's, yeah, there we go. Like magic stroke <laughs> of a wand um, that's going to change 
what yeah. happened in 2020 for them. So for me, we're gonna get our vaccines and everyone's gonna win the lottery. Yeah, there you go. But for me, it's not about that. Like one year is gonna replace a bad year. It's about what you do each day that makes that day good enough. Where you could, like Carl says, you can go to sleep at night and and have earned your sleep. So yep. I think yep. that's something where people get too caught up in, well, 2020 was a terrible year. Well, in general, yes, but there were so many good things that did actually come out of it, but don't expect 2021 to be like the thing that changes everything. You, ha- you have to work to change whatever bad circumstance you're in. No, that, that's, that's uh, I mean, that's kind of the, uh, I, t- I try to limit my advice uh, inside that fly fishing program that I created. I try to, I, I try not to be, what they what they call prescriptive in in uh in the stuff I say out there on the river but you know one of the things that I do say is that the world does not change we do and so yeah i think people need to be mindful of the idea that you know change is going to come from within and 2020 certainly gave us an opportunity to uh to work on ourselves i think mhm in reality, <laughs> in reality, nothing ever changes. No one ever changes. If you ask the me, the world doesn't change. We work, do. Carl. Work on nothing. You work know, on nothing. Promote nothing. nothing. Work on nothing. Excuse me. Does a blade of grass work? No, it just grows. It just grows. Uh, well, and if there's no work involved, life is what it is until it isn't. Well, and honestly, if 2021. <laughs> Like we're That's three, a good thing. We're three Life days in. Life is what it is until it isn't. On that note, do you want to get out of this episode? Perception is not reality. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of the 9420 Podcast. For all of the links to anything that we've talked about throughout this show, you can go to our website, which is 9420.com. That is the numbers 94 and the letters T-W-E-N-T-Y. And, and- say the magic words. <laughs> Until next time, we'll talk to you all later. Bye.